Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Vittles and Vitals podcast, where we talk about important stuff and how that stuff connects to food, because everything connects to food. I'm Jay Reed. I'm the father. And I'm Jacob Reed. I'm the son, and we're your hosts. So, we're back in the studio. It's been about a week and a half since we've last gotten together, um, and we, you know, we're just trying to figure out what the, the next good podcast thing to do is. We could do Christmas, but I feel like it's a little early to dive into that. But we've already filmed that Thanksgiving episode, so honestly, I was a little bit stuck on what we were going to talk about this week, but yeah, you had a great idea. Well, there's only so much you can say about Big Lips, but I did want to say, you know, kind of let people know where we are. It is, even though we did a Thanksgiving episode last time, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we are actually recording this the day before Thanksgiving, but it's not so much Thanksgiving that's the big thing tomorrow. The big thing tomorrow is happening tomorrow evening. Oh, yeah, the Egg Bowl. <laughs> I was... I was really not prepared for that that particular piece of giblet. That was not on the script. But yes, it is the Egg Bowl tomorrow. Me and my father's, uh, his alumnus. Alma mater. Alma mater. Good gosh. And my future alma mater. Wow, I am educated. I am getting a college degree. But yeah. So my future alma mater versus my dad's alma mater. It will be a fun time. Shouldn't actually be too cold. The weather looks pretty. I know it was supposed to be rainy, and it turns out it's going to be... It's like going to be like mid-50s. Yeah, it's not going to be freezing, and it's not going to be wet. And so I got it a might new puffer, puffer vest that I may wear today. Really? I know. It was free to me. It was really nice. I didn't I'll know that. I'll show it to you later. I'm, I'm excited for you, because I don't have a puffer vest. Today's topic is actually quite close to us in a very literal, maybe geographical sense. The Vittles and Vitals recording studio happens to double as a museum of sorts, and all around us are collections. Now, some might disagree, but I consider myself an avid collector of lots of things, to the point that you might could call me a collector of collections. And I really wouldn't be offended if I was called a collectaholic. Just don't call me a hoarder. I don't know, Dad. I was here at the house the other day, and some guy named Matt Paxton came to the door and wanted to talk to us about maybe starting a new season of American Hoarders on A&E. Uh, I don't know really what to do with that, so I sent him on his way, but I definitely gave him your, your number. So if you get a call in the next couple of days, that's why. Well, there was something in the paper the other day, the the local university, the, the future alma mater of you, was looking for volunteers, uh, geriatric volunteers, to do a hoarding study. So I sent that directly to my mother, uh, but she declined to be Ooh, a part of it. Ooh, boom, roasted. <laughs> oh, dang. So, Dad, walk us through the studio a little bit. All right, let me give you a little tour. The studio is, is basically the st- a storehouse of sorts for you know for many collections. Some of these collections actually would be on display if I had a bigger man cave. Some of them were on display before you were born. When glad you're, to, when glad you're, to take some room up. <laughs> I had a room in our in our house that was it had a drum set and it had all my collections on display. And then you were born, it became your room, and that was the end of Dad, that. I am the greatest collection of all. Oh shucks, you are, you are. So the biggest collection in here is my Jerry Rice collection. Um, I won't go into deep detail about how that started, but basically I was a, a card collector as a fifth grader and then got back into it as a college student. And then when I moved to North Carolina, I met a man named Gene and he was one of my customers at Walmart Pharmacy there in, in Skyland. 
And he introduced me to starting lineup figurines. Mm. And also, about that same time, I started reading about how, you know, if your collections got too big, that uh, as far as like collecting all the cards, and I'll get into that in a second, but um, the idea was to focus on one player or yeah. one team. And I had focused on the Dallas Cowboys. I had a pretty decent collection of old Cowboys cards. Uh, then I decided, well, Jerry Rice is from Starville. I'm from Starville. Well, he, Jerry Rice is from the Starville area. He yeah. didn't grow up in Starville, but he's from nearby. And uh, I think Lauren had a class with one of his nephews or yeah, something, something like, like that, that at some point. So, But anyway, I've got just, a, I think, personally, I probably have one of the largest Jerry Rice collections, memorabilia. It is definitely really impressive, especially when world. I got to like go through them once and just yeah, see so how we've much got you really had. All the... Tons of cards, McFarlane figures, starting lineup figures, a jersey. I found a book on tape the other day that, that he wrote. I didn't know he wrote books. Uh, I think he had an actual book. Uh, so pretty much anything and everything Jerry Rice. That's here. Tons of other sports cards. I started out with football, but I've got some baseball, hockey, basketball, um, maybe even some Charlie's Angels. You never can tell. Uh, there may be some other non-sports cards because when I get into it, I really get into it. Kind of like statement, people. Like True podcasting. Statement. Uh, other starting lineup figures, I've got NASCAR figures, I've got NASCAR setups, Olympic figures. Um, behind Jacob here in the studio is my Press Penny collection. So if you don't know what a Press Penny is, it's those uh, machines you see at Disney and, and kind of uh, touristy places where you put in 50 cents and a penny and, and choose your design. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about how that started, but I've probably got, gosh, a thousand or more pennies that have been pressed from all over the the country many many a person has collected a penny for you exactly so that was you know that's cheap that's easy uh it's fun it doesn't take a lot of room to store them um and then outside of the closet i've got some other collections i've i'm a um a matchbook collection did i say closet i mean studio coming <laughs> you could say we were coming out of the closet on that one so I've got oh no a lot of people collect matchbooks nowadays mm-hmm. those are really hard to come by uh, nobody's uh, but I think they're coming back them. you know with all this retro stuff I've actually started to see more matchbooks out in the world I have to actually uh, so I've got some percussion instruments because I'm a percussionist uh, drummer for lack of a better word uh, from around the world I got a bunch of Ole Miss paraphernalia I've got signed books I mean I've got a ton of books but so many. as far as collection is concerned I would say the signed books would constitute a collection um because we have all the john grisham books signed right pretty much yep yep and i've got a uh, rather large selection of kinder toys which take up a small very very small <laughs> amount to, of space i used to put those together for you every once in a while you'd have like a bunch of kinder eggs that were you know you had taken out the toys and you were like ah well nothing better to do Jacob, you go put those together for a while, and I would right, sit there for right. like 30 minutes putting together your Kinder toys. So we would have, just if you haven't seen a Kinder egg, they, they we, we got these overseas. They were big. Kinder candy was big in the Middle East, mm-hmm. and we so were there for 10 years, of course, as we have said. And they would it'd be just like a chocolate egg, about the same size as a Reese's egg or something like that that we see now. And... But they had little tiny plastic toys in it, or maybe a puzzle or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I really got into it there. And I would you know, the chocolate was good, not terrific, but it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was after the toys, and the other people would get them for me as well. And gosh, I have a, I have a ton of them. And then they kind of fell out of fashion because you know if a child was to to swallow the small part, yeah, you know, there was they a would choking hazard thing, choking hazard. But they're coming back, and I don't know how they swung it, 
but uh, they're coming back. But now the chocolate is different. Yeah, they don't inside. they don't come as an egg anymore. They come as like half of it's the toy. The other half is like a like a you spoon it out like a spooning thing. So yeah. maybe that's it because you don't actually swallow anything. Well, that could now. be that could be. So then I've got like a, a soldier collection from the Le Petit Soldier Shop down in in New Orleans. Mm. I have a collection of VHS tapes. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, uh, comic books. And then um, on our walls here, we actually have a pretty decent collection of local artists. You know, none of them are really valuable per se uh, now. We are. Uh, they may be later. We are the arts collectors. We, we right. have the local artists. So anyway, we've got some pretty, I, I think, some fun collections. And we'll get into more about that in a second. But Jacob, what about your collections? Yours are not necessarily within arm's reach in the studio. But what, what kind of things do you collect? Well, I don't really think I collect as many things as you. But I do collect a couple things. I would say probably my largest collection that I own is my keychain collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could not tell you where that started or how it started. Uh, I'm assuming it's probably because... You know, somebody had probably gotten me a keychain or two from their travels because you and mom would sometimes go away on trips and stuff like that and come back and, you know, that's an easy knickknack. Um, so I probably just got a couple together and I thought, huh, this is something that I can afford and something that's pretty easy. So I started collecting them from every place I went and I would just start clipping them together until I reached this massive ball of keychains. <laughs> it may be two balls of keychains now. There's there's a lot funny story connected to that is uh when my girlfriend went to new york um the day after our first date she wanted to get me something and she was like thought about a keychain and then she said ah nah he doesn't like keychains because i don't keep one of my keys because i like a really thin and light keychain Mm -hmm. in my pocket then she came to visit our house and (laughs) i showed her the keychain collection because i had to get something off of it and she was like, I did all of this for nothing. But it ended up working out because she got me a coffee mug, which is another thing that I collect. Right. I love coffee, um, and I really enjoy drinking out of mugs, or, or different mugs. I have a mug from every seminary that I've toured. I have one from each summer of Pine Cove that I've worked, and just other ones from various other places. So there's a lot of memories uh, tied into my coffee cup collection. Right. But uh, one of my more unique collections that I think I have um, actually is right before I started dating uh, my girlfriend, uh, before our first date, I saw on Instagram this guy had collected the coffee sleeve from every date that he had gone on with his girlfriend, and I thought that was the coolest idea ever. Luckily for me, Lindsay loves coffee, and coffee shops have become our thing, so whenever we're in a new city or something like that, we'll go and try to find a cool local hip coffee shop, and... I'll collect the sleeves from all of them. It's a pretty significant thing because I've expanded it to every time I go to a new coffee shop or try a new coffee. Mm -hmm. And I'll write, like, the date, what I drank, and everything. And it's gotten gotten pretty large. So the one I brought you from the Marriott was a bad idea. Yeah, I actually actually have to go to said (laughs) coffee shop. And I don't want you going there on a date either. Yeah, that would be a, (laughs) a date of all dates to go on. Uh, that would be a, a married date. That would that would be that. <laughs> well, before we go too far, or actually, I don't want to interrupt you. Do you have uh, what other collections? Um, do you, I think you the other about? only t- other ones are pretty typical. I have all the letters that I've received in the last two years, just because I've gone through some fun seasons of mm-hmm. life. Uh, I went through every child's um, or every Boy Scouts uh, collection. I collected knives for a little bit. Right. Oh yeah, you did. Um, but I think that's that's just about it. Um, I have a, a small movie collection. 
Um, I have most of the Star Wars stuff like that. You collected but, sports for a while. Oh, yeah. I've, <laughs> I meant to talk about that. Uh, there was that small time. Oh, you're talking about other things. I did definitely collect sports for a while. I would play... <laughs> I think I played lacrosse for like six months. I have lots of lacrosse equipment. And I fenced for about a year and a half. Have a lot we of fencing, fencing equipment. Um, collected sports cards for a little bit. Chipper Jones was a big player of mine. I That's think true. I got think I got rid of most of the cards except the Chipper Jones ones, just because we went to a store one time and I got like a massive pile of them out of a vending machine. I think Papa gave you a bunch out of them too. Yeah, That's something like box. that. So I had a I had a bunch. But okay. that should be most of my collection. That's about all I can think of. Well, before we go any deeper, let's ask this question that we always ask is, what is vital about collections? What is important? Why are collections important? I think collections are important because it just seems like everybody has one, but we all have them for different reasons. Okay. So there are the people that collect something because they think it's going to be valuable. You know, you have people that collect rare coins or pieces of really expensive art. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there are entire auctions dedicated to collections and flea markets and stuff like that. I mean, it's almost an investment. It is almost an investment for a lot of people. I thought maybe I would pay for your college with Jerry Rice figures, but turned out I didn't need to. Now, Lauren, I may need to sell some. <laughs> maybe just a little bit to help, help <laughs> push you there. But I mean, one example that comes to my mind is Nicolas Cage, because one time he spent a whole bunch of money on a comic book collection thinking he was going to make him a lot of money. I think it bankrupt him. Oops. That's why we have all the horrible Nicolas Cage movies, because he just needs money. But you could say he has become a collector of bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> but stuff like that. And there's also the, you know, the nostalgic aspect for a lot of people. You know, looking at Grand, she has all the Whisker and Kitten books or something like that. Billy Whiskers. Yeah, Billy Whiskers. But, you know, just books from her childhood and stuff like that. And people do that, you know, they have one toy that they loved as a kid that they collect, or they um, have... Like Nanny's uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. Cabbage Even though Patch... it wasn't the one she liked as a kid, she, she has a rather she large... She has a very large collection of them. And it just seems like a lot of people do that. I would honestly be really be really surprised if I met somebody who did not collect anything. Because even in third world countries, you find kids and adults who collect pretty rocks that mm-hmm. they found on the side of the road or stuff like that. So everybody seems to have a collection of something. And I think it's just something within us that likes to collect things that mean something to us. I think People I just like a, stuff. I think I have a pretty rock collection somewhere. I'm sure you do. I, I had one at one time. Everybody has a rock collection. Well, I, all that all that resonates with me as well. Uh, I'm a very nostalgic person. And I feel like each collection I have and whatever everybody else has as well tells a story. It tells about either a story about what's important to me. Uh, and, of course, there's that material element, like I said, about hoping that, that the Jerry Rice collection would grow in value and and uh, and be able to be a college fund. That didn't happen. But, um, you know, it's about the memories, uh, maybe markers and stages of life. And, you know, that may be getting a little bit deep, but but I think there's some, some truth in that. Um, one of the things for me is that it, is completing something. It's really important for me to complete things. I wish I completed more things outside of collections, but there's something about that thrill of the chase. I remember vividly in fifth grade when I really got into football cards, you know, being down to one or two cards to complete the set, probably the 1977 or 78 tops football card Mm -hmm. set is probably what it was. And I remember, uh, this is what I remember anyway, 
calling Larry Graves, my friend down the street, his brother Lawson had, uh, somehow or another I found out through Larry that, that Lawson had like this, the final card mm-hmm. that I needed. So I called down there and I had something he needed. We traded and I had the completed set. And for whatever reason, that memory has stuck with me. Just uh, bouncing off of that real quick and just something I just thought about. Um, another collection that I just thought about, but that really ties into that thrill of chase is uh, Boy Scout patches. Um, so oh, yeah. My sophomore year, of, uh, was the sophomore year? I think sophomore year of high school. Uh, I went to the National Scout Jamboree, mm-hmm. and one really, really cool part of the National Scout Jamboree is patch collecting, where guys will, every contingent will make custom patches. Um, ours was like a catfish, but it looked it was like the colors of the Mississippi flag, mm-hmm. and ours were super rare because you just don't put the Mississippi flag on anything. But people had Halo sets, like they would go and get them officially licensed. There was a Marvel set that was really big mm. deal, like dark horse comics and even smaller ones. So all these people would have these giant patch sets. Mm -hmm. Some people go to the national jamboree, spend thousands of dollars just to patch trade for a week. But there was always that start with like a single patch. That doesn't mean much to you, but you find somebody who thinks it cool. So you trade it up for a slightly, slightly cooler patch to you or one that's a little bit more value and you slowly build up and build up. And you complete sets there too. And you complete sets too. I have one that's um, like the ocean explorers. Mm -hmm. So it's like different famous submarines and, aquatic animals with some guy in the center that's like a famous aquatic guy but that was a really yeah, yeah. that was a really cool chase th- or thrill of the chase moment uh-huh. because you know you're walking around you always have your patches with you you see somebody on the side trading and you're like dude i've been looking for that patch mm-hmm. to complete my set this entire time i will trade you all of this for that one patch and then you finally get a complete one and then sometimes i'll pull them out and just like remember like some really cool memories those. of those well yeah actually uh, at my feet here is another is a I, pin I, collection I saw that. little from when i was in lines band and went to all the conventions and and we would get pins from the lions club for mississippi and trade them out and i've got a pretty cool little, little people Lions do that club. with disney pins too that's exactly. a really big one that's as a well big one too. so the the penny thing though um going back to the penny collection the reason that is meaningful was because my very first penny that we pressed was on my first anniversary, first wedding anniversary, in some restaurant in North Georgia mountains. Uh, we were on an f- anniversary trip. You were actually, uh, uh, let's see, that would have been February. You were a couple months from being born at that Ayo. point. And, uh, but at that point, we just got one penny. We would pick one penny out of the machine that we liked. And then we see, you know, a few months later, we saw another machine. Oh, let's get another one. Mm. It would just be one. And then one day I found pennycollector.com sticker on one of the machines and realized there's a system to this. There's more to this. And I started tracking them. And, you know, and that was the end of that. I even have other, you know, you've exploded since then. Right. So I've got, but I've got a lot of fun memories of going out with you and looking Mm -hmm. for them. You know, when we go to Gatlinburg and people, the, the ladies want to go shopping, you and I can go penny hunting. And it's much more satisfying to me. <laughs> anyway, we've ended up shopping. we've ended up at some really cool places together. Yeah, yeah. Just like looking for these really random things. And most of the time, if you just talk to the guy, they'll let you in through the side. You just go straight to the penny machine and leave. Penny people are, are great. So even uh even Nick Ripkin brought me a penny from I believe it was from El Paso one time, maybe the Alamo or something like that. that. So, so you've brought them, Lawrence brought them, everybody's brought them. So, you know, that's why you know I whether it's a complete set of football cards or all the Jerry Rice figures, all the John Grisham books. Um, that was kind of the thing with the Kinder Toys. A friend of ours named Ashley Manley, he had a couple of kids, and they liked the chocolate but weren't crazy about the toys, so they would give me 
the toys and so it just grew and grew uh, and like i said the figurines collection started from a guy named gene um that was a c customer of ours at walmart um and then i met a dealer of figures called his name was lee or i called him coach it was in the charlotte uh, matthews north carolina um and then my brother and i the, what really kicked it off was going to a flea market in winston-salem when he was in law school there at wake mm. forest and we found a guy who was going out of business and he had these amazing classic figures that he was selling at half price and i like i bought everything that i thought was really cool went back to the atm got some more money came back the next day we went back and the guy had raised his prices because <laughs> i had i had gotten such a good deal on that first day but i did want to mention one more um you mentioned coffee mugs we were at a friend's house in Ethiopia one time, and I noticed that he was collecting the Starbucks uh, country mugs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, that looks really cool, but I can't start another collection. Yeah. I really don't want to get started with that. Then I was on another trip, and a guy, a friend of mine named Mike, uh, as a gift, brought me a, a mug from the Starbucks in Lebanon. I'm like, okay, well, here we go. So yeah. so from that point, we started collecting, and I've got, I counted them up. We've got like 20 mugs. i got seven from other countries uh, seven that are, I believe, city mugs, and mm -hmm. most of those are are in America uh, that we pick up as we as we travel around. And I think we have three state mugs. And interestingly, the only mug we have that is of a place that we did not go was the very first one that started the collection. So that's, that's been kind of that's also like a classic like world traveler collection because kind of yeah. There's definitely like I think I could think about three people that have that. So. It's a pretty, or not that particular mug, but just the Starbucks mug collection. It's a pretty pretty common one. Yeah, but not a lot of people have it from Dubai and Qatar and I, Jordan. I have one from Dubai. But Bangkok. I mean, yeah, I don't have we, Bangkok. <laughs> we've got all that. So um, before we get into the food part, I did want to, uh, we, we do have some listeners, and I, and I did want to At least them, five. At least five that did review. So I just wanted to read one review and, and thank Jay Robinson 2009. She says, I think it's a she. I think it's. I think I know who it is. Uh, great work, guys. I've often said all significant life events are connected with food in the South. Looking forward to many episodes to come. So thanks to Jay Robinson 2009 for that nice review. And if we'll talk about other ways to review later. So what about the food part, uh, Jacob? This was kind of your idea. Um, so why don't you get us started? What is it that inspired? the food side of this topic. So I want everybody to take a, a a mental journey with me. So I want you to imagine you're going to your fridge and you crack open the door. You're looking in, and I promise you, 95% of America and probably most of the world, if you look at that door, you're going to have a sauce collection. Mm. It's going to include mustards. It's going to include at least one bottle of ketchup. If you're in the South, probably a lot of barbecue, different barbecue sauces, because, you know, there's at least three different types you can get, and everybody has their own version. There's going to be soy sauce. There's going to be mayo. There's going to be probably a different type of mayo, because avocado oil's in right now. <laughs> soy sauce, if you're feeling a little frisky. You know, everybody just seems to have, and then not even to talk about salad dressings. you got Italian, ranch, blue cheese, if you're into that. There's just sauces and sauces and sauces. But we all use them once, and then we'll let them sit in the fridge to marinate for, <laughs> you know, or ferment for a couple years. Let marinates marinate. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, 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 I was in a Bible study back before I got married, and uh, we would meet 
once or twice, once a week or two, and we would usually eat dinner and then do our study. And uh, so shout out to Ron, Doug, Aaron, and Alex. Doug in particular, we would go to his house and we'd have a salad and we'd like look through all the salad dressings just to find one that was still in date. Mm. That was kind of the thing. But we always, all of us had salad dressing collections for sure. And gosh, the barbecue sauces, I didn't count tonight, but I know counted at one point I had like seven or eight different bottles of barbecue sauce in our house. I live with two guys and I'm pretty sure we have at least four to five different types of sauces i think we have three different types of mayo right now in our fridge i'm pretty sure i have four kinds of ketchup in just in the door of the fridge right i now. have three different jars of peanut butter at the house <laughs> and not even to talk about spices i've got peanut butter almond butter i guess that's all i have right now it's not a very big collection what do i call that a but, collection yeah that's but also couple. spices that's a whole different type of collection that everybody because oh, spices never go bad i went into grand's pantry today looking for onion powder didn't find onion powder but i'm pretty sure i found a thing of black pepper from the 70s (laughs) i have there was a red tin of (laughs) black pepper from kroger that i have not seen there was some rust on the top i'm pretty sure that thing was at least (coughs) from the the 80s in her defense she probably just uses the same container and refills it somehow but yeah but everybody has a spice collection i used to have a really really good one because you get one particular spice you need for a recipe, and you don't use it again for like six months until you make that recipe again. And you just slowly yeah. build up oh, over yeah. time. There was a season of life when I was growing up that we only, we pretty much, once we discovered Tony Chasseret's, that was it. That's We put that on everything. But now, no, I've got I've got loads, and I've got a friend here at uh, Magnolia Seasonings in, uh, in West Point, and he's introduced me to a lot of different Spice He's got blends. some good seasonings over He's there. He's got tons of good ones, and, and I have a lot of them in my cabinet. And I don't know why I have this, but I seem to, to accumulate dry dip mixes. I think just because people know that I like food, that's an easy gift. And so I have I probably have a half dozen they never go dry bad. dip mixes that you add sour cream or whatever to. Um, We've made a couple, though, so it's not like yeah, they're just yeah. petrifying in there. They're, they're pretty good. Yeah, sometimes you just have to decrunch them a little bit before you mix them up, you know, kind <laughs> of break soak, them apart. Let them soak for a little bit. You may need to sit a little longer than others, but yeah, you're t- four kinds of ketchup, two or three kinds of mustard, three kinds of mayo. You know, I didn't have four kinds of ketchup in my fridge or pantry growing up. We didn't have four types of ketchup in our fridge until about two years ago. <laughs> That's true. That is true. And then, you know, coffee creamers, right? Of course, this is a seasonal coffee creamer time. So I just finished off the pumpkin spice mm-hmm. creamer. Don't judge. Um, peppermint delicious. mocha tomorrow's Thanksgiving. So that's a good time to finish the pumpkin spice. And mm-hmm. come Friday, we'll we'll open up the peppermint mocha mm-hmm. seasoning. Or not seasoning. The creamer. Anything else we're leaving out? I know coffee. I have... I think three different bags of coffee at the house right now. Yeah, I, mine, mine's. I've kind of whittled mine down, but there was this, there was not long ago. There was. I had five or six different kinds of coffee. I know. Here. I helped you drink most of them, but yeah, <laughs> I think that's all about the food collections that most people have. Yeah, and I think we. Yeah, like you said, we we all have that, whether it's spices or season. I mean, you talking about salad dressings. When I when I was introduced to Thrive Market, feel free to sponsor us if you like Thrive Market. I was. All the avocado oil dressings. uh, All those dressings that are Whole30 or whatever. And then uh, coconut aminos instead of soy sauce. So I've got got teriyaki sauce from 
the old days and I've got the coconut amino teriyaki sauce. I've got the real soy sauce. I've got mm. the sweet soy sauce and the coconut aminos. So everything just grows. So yeah, that's uh, certainly a, a common thread mm-hmm. among all most households. Since you roasted me with the collecting of sports, we can't finish this episode without talking about how you have collected diets in your time. So. <laughs> well, that may be a whole nother episode, <laughs> but I probably have. Yes. Yes. That's we're... true. All right, there is your favorite drumbeat, ladies and gentlemen. Dad, what's your flavor for this week? My flavor this week is a tip about another collection that I have accumulated through various trips to hotels. Now, your your mother is a big coffee drinker, and so a mm-hmm. lot of times this doesn't happen because she drinks all the coffee in the room. But she's gotten better about going downstairs to the bre- to the free breakfast to right. get our coffee and getting taking- getting better coffee. Yeah. Yes. So if we don't drink the coffee in the room, usually it's in a little packet of something. So I will I will collect that coffee and bring it home. And uh, there's quite a bit now. I've got a rather it's, it's large, rather it's rather impressive. <laughs> I've got an extensive hotel coffee collection. So in and I know chefs and and, and foodies would say, you know, every ingredient should be a quality ingredient and. Not all the hotel coffee is the same quality. I, I recognize that. However, it's paid for. So I'll bring it home, and I love to use coffee and spice rubs. Mm-hmm. So all the spices we were talking about, I'll mix them together. So if I'm going to do sometimes a steak, but oftentimes if I'm doing a brisket on the smoker or uh, even a, uh, a Boston butt, pork shoulder, something like that, anything like that that I'm going to smoke, I will use coffee in the rub. And the, these little coffee packets from the hotels are perfect for that because it's all mixed in with the other spices. and Yeah, it's going to get overwhelmed by the smoke and stuff like that. So it's only going right. to add a little bit of flavor. It's not going to add a lot of bitterness or anything. Right. And so it doesn't necessarily matter that it be, you know, from the $20 uh, bag of, of craft coffee, craft roasted coffee. We'll drink that. Oh, definitely. But when it comes to the spice rubs, the hotel coffee is great. So that's my flavor of the week is is the just a just a tip is collect that hotel coffee and, and use it in your spice rubs. Yeah. So uh, my flavor for this week um, is not food related because mine are typically not food related. Uh, but I'm going to recommend another podcast. Gasp! I know, moving viewership to or listeners to other podcasts. But um, this is a podcast I've followed for quite a long time. I've listened to every episode, a couple of them twice. Um, some good guys that I know personally. I've listened to a few myself. Yes, but the Future Family podcast, um, it's uh, by three students or ex-graduates. Uh, I was going to say ex-students. Ex- ex-graduates? Yeah, but gr- graduates of Mississippi State University. I know two of them, um, and they talk about just Christian matters and matters of culture and Christian culture and stuff like that. Um, but the cool part is that they all three are different denominations and Christian backgrounds. So they have a lot of different, unique uh, thoughts on it. Uh, the episodes are pretty long. They'll range 45 minutes to an hour and a half. So <laughs> right. definitely definitely spend some time uh, listening. They're to for the long trips. Yeah, they're for I've longer to, trips uh, to Texas and back is a great time to listen to them. Uh, but they're a lot of fun, a lot of really good topics, um, dive into a lot of stuff. And they're very biblical throughout um, so yeah, the future family, shout out to them. Great guys. And they also have some really cool guests that they've gotten on their podcast. So that's true. That's true. I've enjoyed cool what I've listened to. to. 
So I guess that is about it for today. So we want to thank everybody for listening. If you've enjoyed it and think others might enjoy it too, please share. Please give us a five-star rating. You know, everybody says to do that. I don't know exactly what it does, but it kind of brings you to the top of the heap. And the more reviews we get, the higher up we get, the more downloads we get, the better sponsor we get. Hey, Thrive, sponsor us. So I think that means that uh, when, you, when you're watching, looking for podcasts, then it pops up as you might also enjoy. Yeah. So that kind of thing. So anyway, we appreciate the reviews and the, and the ratings on whatever on you know this Apple Podcast or whatever platform you found this because that they are legion. I don't even know all the podcast all the podcast platforms that we're even on. Uh, you can find us on the worldwide interweb at Vittle Vital Pod at Instagram and Twitter, uh, Vittles and Vitals Podcast on Facebook. And we'd love to hear from you if you have an idea of something you'd like us to cover. Uh, like shoot big us a lips. DM. Yep, exactly. And remember. If it's vital, look for the vittles.